You're listening to the Detox and Chill podcast with Megan Dillon and Beck Benyon. We're two millennial women in the corporate world juggling wellness and a fast-paced lifestyle. On this podcast, we're breaking down wellness into digestible episodes that fit into your weekly routine. We're on this journey with you, learning from wellness and lifestyle experts in their fields. From our lighthearted banter, what's the appropriate amount of time to go between shaving our legs? To getting deep about everyday struggles like hormones, societal norms, and gut health, we're your podcast besties. Disclaimer, no late night text needed to detox and chill. Hi guys, welcome back to season three. I know we kicked off last week, but this is our first intro back with you guys and we're so excited yes so exciting season three I can't believe we're on a third season already Um, and I actually really love just like how we've been taking breaks it makes me so happy same I think just going in with that expectation um, has been huge and I know both you and I were kind of talking about this but one thing we wanted to talk to you guys about was just kind of how refreshing it is for us during our break to focus on other areas of our lives, but also to to just have our corporate job and Mm -hmm. have that be the focus. And it was so refreshing to, at the end of a day, just come home. (laughs) It really was. (laughs) Yeah. And like, I don't go to an office anymore but it still was just nice to have those evenings um available and I feel like at this point in our lives and like with social media and just what with what everything is going on and like what everybody else has going on there's such a pressure sometimes to have like a side hustle or something else outside of work and sometimes it's just too much like sometimes it's okay to just work your nine to five because we all know that it's not just nine to five. It's like eight to seven or eight sometimes. And so it's nice to have that time to like focus, especially I feel like at the beginning of the year, we were both super swamped with our jobs. And so having that flexibility to just kind of focus on that was really, really nice. Yeah. I honestly don't know. And I'm sure you feel the same way. If I could have done both at the beginning of the Mm -hmm. year, like, in the way I wanted to do both, which is like, well, and putting right. my, um, my full effort in. But I, I think we just live in a world that glorifies being busy all the time. And mm-hmm. I totally fall into this trap. Like, even a couple weekends ago, I was having a really like we had a couple hours to just like watch Seinfeld. And I was really struggling. Like, I found myself generating things for a to-do list. Uh Uh-huh. Because I feel like I feel productive and I equate that with, you know, I don't know. I equate that with success. So it's been something I've been trying to do is just, like, take a few hours each weekend or during the week to just, like, truly relax and Mm -hmm. it's hard (laughs) yeah it is really hard and I feel like I so for this year um I've been trying not to say that I'm busy so like when somebody asked me how I'm doing or what I've been up to like my go-to answer before was like oh my gosh I'm so busy like thing you know like we're traveling work is busy everything's busy it's like why do I always describe things as busy like why don't I just explain things as they are like oh yesterday I was working on this big project at work and it went really well or you know we're so grateful to be able to travel or you know things like that but we we get so caught up in this busy idea and it's like success equates to busy and that's not how it should be totally because I think what I'm finding, you know, at my old age of 28, (laughs) (laughs) things pass by in a blink of an eye. And I think just always thinking about like the next thing you need to do or the next place Mm -hmm. you're going. uh, Like, I don't know. I think we need to all take some time, slow down and just appreciate um, the moment we're in because I, I feel like I'm always looking towards the next 
the next thing. Yes, exactly. And that, I feel like, is a perfect transition into our guest today. <laughs> yes, yes. So, um, Dr. Jessica Moy. So, we talked to her a couple of weeks ago during the break. So, full disclosure, we did record a few episodes on the break because, you know, we have to. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it, we had such a great conversation with her. And she's someone, I feel like we tried to get her on the podcast for a pretty long time, right? Yeah, yeah. It was just one of those things of like different schedules and trying to meet up to record in person. But she, if you want to talk about like good energy, just someone I want to emulate, um, you know, in my life, it's, it's definitely her. And I think this episode is definitely much more of a freeform conversation than our standard mm-hmm. interview, but I really enjoyed that. And I think we talk about a lot of different topics that are super important and go through her career path, which spoiler alert, like many of our guests was not (laughs) linear. Um, And we talk about things like yoga and recovery and like being okay with skipping a fitness class if you don't feel Mm -hmm. good that day and not falling falling into the guilt trap on social media. So I loved this episode and I want to have her back on. Yes, me too. She was great. And I think both of us the day that we recorded were kind of in like not great moods after work and she was the perfect person to get us into the right headspace and kind of you know help us really look at what we have and feel grateful for that um so thank you Jess for coming on we're so excited to share with you guys this episode we hope you love it if you want to get in contact with Jess um that information is in the show notes um and if you're in Boston she um teaches some classes and you can find her around the city so um very excited for this episode for season three um we are giving ourselves grace and we're going to be releasing episodes every other Wednesday so something new yes and I love that I think it's sustainable this is something we want to do in the long term Um, so it just feels really good for Mm -hmm. where we're at right now so I'm super excited about that yes and thank you guys so much for being flexible with us and supporting us as we shift and as we change and that's a big part of this podcast that we want to get across to you and to kind of start and ignite that trend is you know allowing yourself to change and shift and not just having to stick to one thing all the time so thank you guys so much and we hope you enjoy the episode we love you guys bye bye This week on the podcast, we have the amazing Dr. Jess Moy, who I had the pleasure of grabbing a delicious brunch with a couple, well, it's not a couple weeks at this point, a couple months ago at this point. Um, And I'm so excited for you to share everything you do, because you do so much, and I feel like you contribute to the Boston community in so many different ways, but... You guys will hear, I feel like Jess just has, like, the most incredible energy. Like, I, to be honest, had kind of a shitty day. But just talking to you, <laughs> I just, like, I feel better. I feel like the relaxed good, vibes. And, good. and it's just good vibes all around. So good. can you share a little bit about yourself, um, what you do here in Boston? Yeah. But maybe we start with, like, where you started because your story is so yeah. fascinating. Yeah. Woof. That's a – it's a long one. So – Um, I basically started um, in this linear path of Western medicine to become a physical therapist. And from there, kind of thinking that I was actually going to be a pediatric physical therapist. Uh, My brother has Down syndrome and I grew up as a gymnast. So I kind of just loved this idea of movement as medicine. Um, And so... After school, moved out to San Diego and started to do uh, practice out there um, where I dabbled in a lot of different things. That was kind of the spark of leading me down all these 
really windy <laughs> paths. Uh-huh. Um, so I started out doing uh, a lot of athletic performance work with a lot of Olympic board sports out there because cool. snowboarding and skateboarding and all that kind of stuff is huge in San Diego. Um, but I, at that time also, I did my yoga teacher training. So that kind of opened up this whole new can of worms. Mm-hmm. And we were talking earlier about just kind of surrendering and things falling into our lap kind of deal without really putting in any effort. Mm -hmm. So over there, I also ran into a woman that was running her own concierge PT yoga business where we would go to people's homes and do PT and yoga combined. So cool. And I was like, this is like, I love this. Um, But then uh, my husband's in the military, so we ended up having to shift gears. And right after we got married there, we went to Boston. And I was like, well, I've never worked a nine to five. Maybe I should try that out because I don't know, you know, sometimes I thought I wouldn't really vibe with it. But then I was like, I haven't tried. And I'm always a proponent of trying things before you kind of nix it. Right. So I got into it and I found this really great clinic, seeing patients one-on-one and something was just missing. Like energetically, I'm also super sensitive to what people bring into the room, which made me a really great physical therapist. Mm -hmm. But when I would come home, I was super drained from it. Um, And also just the healthcare industry is really challenging to work in, in that kind of setting where we really want people to be owning their own power to heal themselves. And it's, mm-hmm. it's challenging when they're given, you know, a diagnosis from a doctor that they need quote unquote fixing. And so mm-hmm. that whole dynamic was really challenging. And I honestly just got burnt out. And around this time, I had been delving more into Eastern medicine as well as other sort of uh, psychotherapy techniques that deal with somatics and body work because that's building in the um, the body work is building in that field, too. And I just got really curious and wanted to learn more about it. So I was doing all these extra courses. I got trained in Reiki and... Um, and eventually I was like, I think that my path really is to empower people to be able to understand their body, understand what their body needs and wants. And then from there, be able to heal themselves or at least like have some sort of compass Mm -hmm. because a lot of people were coming to me and they had no idea what was wrong. Acute injuries are one thing that's Mm -hmm. pretty black and white. Those are the easiest things Honestly, but most people have a lot of layers to whatever's going on. Mm -hmm. So then I spent a whole 180 and started doing, when I was talking to you, I was just starting out doing um, more wellness coaching, Mm -hmm. feminine embodiment coaching. Um, Around this time too, even before that, I was really uh, interested in the women's cycle and Mm -hmm. learning what that meant and terms of movement and treating your body differently day to day, week Mm -hmm. to week. Um, But then recently, I just have had a lot of pull to do more in terms of movement and go back to yoga therapy and go back to performance training from a holistic perspective. Again, Mm -hmm. like we were talking about all these doors opening. Yeah. And so now what I'm honestly doing is doing in person and online, essentially, performance coaching but with this holistic view of like okay you're coming at me with all these goals why are those your goals and like what does that mean for your body mm-hmm. and specifically working a lot with women moms um and trauma survivors because they want to get back into their body but have a lot mm. of mental and emotional blocks there yeah mm-hmm. So that's kind of where I'm at now. I know. It's crazy how much can change in like such a short amount of time. Yeah. And I think I really loved my clients that I was working with um, from like a more emotional and spiritual um, setting. 
But I also love like guiding people through movement. Mm -hmm. Like that's not necessarily meditative because I think also that's super cathartic too. Mm -hmm. And my friends and I would always complain about, you know, personal training. Like it's just, they don't, it's not always catered for those, that person's body Mm -hmm. and all the stuff on social media, Mm -hmm. like is not always the best quality. And we were complaining about it, but then I was like, I'm not really doing anything to change that. Right. So, like, how can I start moving that needle a little bit? Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at. That's so cool. So, it's, I mean, it sounds like you really, and from just following you on Instagram from afar, um, just seeing the balance that you have with Western and Eastern medicine is such a good um, I feel like mesh together. Um, but I'm curious how that all happened and if it was easy to kind of explain to, you know, there are people in the world <laughs> who are super, you know, like Western medicine is where it's at, like Eastern medicine is a bunch of crap. <laughs> so like, how was that explained <laughs> to people and like sharing that and showing that, you know, they can both be used in conjunction with one another? Yeah, so... That's definitely been something that was a big block for me when I first started. And I think I really, I think I've always had this more spiritual appreciation, but going down this more Western medicine path, I kind of tampered that down a lot. And so in the beginning, it was just being curious with a slight skepticism, Mm -hmm. like really trying to understand the background of it. You know, I'm all for people, again, trying different things as long as it like doesn't cost them an arm and a leg, you know, And, and the placebo effect, which has been shown in countless studies now, I mean, that actually changes your brain chemistry if you're thinking that something is working. Mm-hmm. So I would speak to that a lot with people that were a little bit skeptical because again, that comes back to you having this innate power to heal yourself without anyone else putting anything mm-hmm. on you or doing anything to you. A lot of that comes from our own nervous system and our own brain. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, granted, I think there is a line to be drawn. Grant, my husband's an emergency medicine doctor. So um, it's kind of like, if you are diagnosed with cancer, like you should probably see a doctor. Right. Right. But but like, it wouldn't hurt to try these other things in adjunct. Right. Mm -hmm. I think we're what I really hope for and what I really see it happening is just this partnership of both Western and Eastern. Cause I think they just complement each other. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, I would just try to explain to people as the best I can, but to some degree, you know, you can lead a horse to water, but you yeah. can't make them drink. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's ultimately the most effective in terms of helping people through that yeah. when they're on board. And if they're not, then yeah. that's fine. And we try something else. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think too, and I don't have personal experience with this, but seeing, you know, family members or friends, I think at a certain point when you live with something, an illness or something, I don't know, that you deem wrong with yourself, it can become such a part of your identity. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's really fascinating that like if you're presented with an option to, where you can make yourself better i think sometimes it's a struggle to let that part of yourself mm-hmm. go do you ever deal with that with the people you're working with or have you yeah so i work in when i was a physical therapist doing full time clinical work and even after that Things like chronic pain, yeah, autoimmune disorders, things like it, you're exactly hit the nail on the head. It becomes part of the identity. Right. So to some degree, that becomes a familiar and safe place to be, to be in yeah. this place of pain and yeah. um, illness. And so when 
people start to get better, they panic a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also because they have had little to no experience up until this point or can't remember what it felt like. To feel good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's like really freaking scary. Yeah. Like, what does that mean? Like now, sometimes I've seen it too, where now it feels like they have all this responsibility mm. of like, okay, well now I feel better. So now I have to go back to the gym, start mm-hmm. taking care of my kids again, start taking care of myself again. Yeah. That's like a really lot. a lot. Yeah. To just kind of throw back on after you've maybe been out on disability or been unable to do those things. Right. So that's why I think the emotional, mental, spiritual piece is so important. And I I always wish we had had more of that training going through school because they don't teach you how to talk someone through a death in their family when they come in. Right. For a knee pain. Right. (laughs) Right. But that like is part of the whole, you know, therapeutic alliance between two people. Yeah. So it it definitely is challenging. And sometimes, you know, we're not doing anything physical because it's just like holding space. Yeah. Or I just wanted to hold space. Yeah. For that, whatever came up, whether that was like getting angry with me mm-hmm. or sadness. Oh, man. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. <laughs> you just have to like mm-hmm. hold that space. Yeah. Oh, man. But that was definitely uh, a learning curve. And that's also why now I hold such a strong boundary around how many people I interact with and see client wise. I mean, luckily, where I worked was great and that we saw patients one on one. But on a busy day, I would see like 12 to 14 people, which sadly in the grand scheme of healthcare in Mm -hmm. the rehab setting, Mm -hmm. it's like not that much. Not a lot. Yeah. (laughs) And so I've definitely had to um, protect that part of myself just for my own Mm well-being so that I could show up the next day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is definitely challenging. That is that. I mean, that's so hard, and I I really appreciate that you're so open and talking about this kind of thing because, I mean, I've experienced exactly what you're talking about with family members and friends and just people who have been diagnosed with these chronic illnesses and just kind of like Meg to your point that defining them and it's really hard to watch and really hard to kind of navigate um and I really liked a recent blog post that you did and it was about um how to figure out or how to decipher between physical and emotional pain and I really liked the the steps that you included can you talk about that a little bit the body scanning and um movements and all of that yeah so um It's definitely a a process, right? Like that article that I wrote for, I wrote it for Mind Body Green and it was just like touching the tip of the iceberg on where Mm -hmm. to start. Mm -hmm. But basically in the way our society runs, we have to numb out some things in order to be a functioning member of society. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So like, I think, and I don't know if I mentioned this in the article, but, you know, if you're hungry and you're about to go into two or three meetings, like, you have to kind of numb that feeling a little bit Mm -hmm. so that you can perform. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you want to be doing that every day? Like, probably not. But, you know, like, it's a balance. So... I call it like the art of listening to your body almost that word, that term gets like thrown around a lot now, but it's really, uh, just starting to just take take a pause and start to like, maybe even verbalize like what you're feeling tension Mm -hmm. in the shoulder, tightness in the chest, like, or fullness in the belly, you know, Mm -hmm. just these visceral feelings And then neurologically, once you start to tap into that, we're able to, again, uncover layers. So not that you have to assign or analyze what tightness in the chest means. It's just noticing that it's there. 
And then as you start to open up that quote unquote, like body ear, then your body. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah, you too. I, I don't know what else to call yeah, it. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> then your body starts being like, oh, okay. Like I can talk now. I can tell you things. So it's this very subtle art and very subtle practice that I personally have to do again and again every day. And again, not label anything as good or bad, just like be with it. Mm -hmm. And then that's when those like emotions start to come up. You're like, oh, well, this shoulder pain has been here for there's been nothing that has happened to it I do stretches and things and I'm still noticing it okay so like at what time of day do you notice it is it when you're about to step into a meeting with your boss is it when you are about to go to that workout that you may or may not enjoy doing you know it's like Mm -hmm. these are signs that our primitive brain back when we had to actually defend ourselves, uh, is telling us that we now ignore. Mm -hmm. So the tricky part is like differentiating, okay, is my body telling me this because I'm like actually in danger Mm -hmm. or is it just like this learned response now, Mm. which either one I think is informative. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that was also a big thing. Like, helping people differentiate too, because we all experience pain as well. That's part of being human. Mm -hmm. And so trying to find the balance of, okay, what pain can I tolerate and what pain, you know, is okay. Mm -hmm. And then what pain is like a stopping point. Mm -hmm. And I think that's when like the emotional and physical comes in because not that you have to endure either, but it's helpful to know where they're coming from. Mm -hmm. So you can try and differentiate, like, the action that needs to take place. Yeah. But it's a process. I mean. Yeah. I don't think it actually really ever ends either. Yeah. So. And I feel like it's difficult to not assign good or bad Mm -hmm. or what you think it is or, like, oh, I'm anxious. This is why. Mm -hmm. Is there, like, a good way to separate that immediate response you're like yeah that's so annoying this hurts like yeah yeah so it's actually funny you mentioned that because I'm in a program right now that I hope to eventually be able to like facilitate on my own called Timbo Mm. so it's trauma responsive innovation for mind body and their whole premise is that they're not story-based or therapy they're just simply um women focused where it's a circle and they talk about creating space between your emotion and your reaction. Mm -hmm. So I think there's no easy way to stop the differentiation of good and bad. Yeah. It's just a matter of how much space can you put between to acknowledge that you're assigning a value to it. Mm -hmm. And then that's a step. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but what they do, I think, is, like, really beautiful. And I think it's it really is exactly what I was, like, trying to talk about. And yeah. it's so c- kind of cool to see that it exists yeah. in, like, a defined way for, like, my cerebral brain to, like, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> but, yeah. So. So interesting. Yeah. So I just think that space is super important. and Yeah. I love that. And I feel like, too, I even noticed that I was doing it to myself today. Like, if I'm having an off day or I, you know, and feeling like, oh, like, I really don't want to do something, I kind of, like, judge myself and, like, I don't know. I put myself in this place, like, well, you know, look at all these other people. They're out doing it. So why can't you, like, why can't you leave the house and go do this activity? You know, nothing's wrong with you, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, is this vicious cycle? And it's like, no, it's not good or bad. It's just, that's how I'm feeling that day. And I don't need to go out and do all these other things. And I don't need to compare myself. But I mean, I feel like, I, I mean, I'm in this wellness space and, you know, trying to strive for self-improvement, but I still fall into that negativity. Totally. 
I think it was really interesting. We were in circle the other night and um, I shared something about like being guilty or shameful of something I was feeling because I felt like I couldn't get over it and I was like supposed to get over it Mm -hmm. quickly. Mm -hmm. And, and what I love about them is they don't try and like give you advice or anything. They just, Mm -hmm. you just say it and like, it's out there. Yeah. And so after I said that, I was like, that sounds so crazy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. why am I feeling guilty for how I'm processing something? And so I think like we fall into that all the time. And especially as like, we're humans. We can only do so much. Exactly. We have so much spiritual awakening at a time. Seriously. (laughs) But that's hard too because I've had to like stop reading self-help books. Mm. Yeah. I'm here for that. (laughs) It was like good for a time. And now I'm just like, yeah, I don't want anyone else telling me how I should. Am or am not like living my life well. Exactly. <laughs> and I feel like when I read them, I'm like, exact, like I a thousand percent agree. And then a week later, I'm just back where I started. Yeah. Um, but I love this talk about feelings because recently, and I forget where I read this or if someone said it to me, but it just like hit me. And I was like, oh my god my mind was just blown but they said like you don't have to assign a feeling to a thing like Mm. if you're angry you don't need to assign it to a person or a thing that happened during your day or like a specific thing you can just feel the feeling acknowledge that you're feeling it and move on and I was like I have always assigned feelings to like specific people mm-hmm. or things. And I was mm-hmm. just like, wow, there's this whole nother world yeah. of like not letting it affect you, mm-hmm. you know? But it's, but that is part of also being a woman mm. because our bodies, how our hormones fluctuate throughout the month, we are. Not that we're, like, supposed to be happy in the first part of the month and sad the second part of the month. But, like, the first part of our cycle is meant for, like, being energized and communicating and upbeat. And then the second part isn't for being sad. It's just for giving yourself time alone and, like, nurturing yourself a little bit more because you're about to go through this Mm -hmm. huge process Mm -hmm. of having your period. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, like, those feelings that you said that like aren't assigned to anything it's just like our body's natural way of processing things through different lenses yeah based on where we are Mm -hmm. and like as women we don't really get taught that we don't at all (laughs) yeah I was just talking with someone about this today I used the app natural cycles Mm -hmm. and this person was like oh my god have you heard of this? And I was like, I used it all the time, but we were kind of just talking about how in school you learn nothing. Like you learn, there's not like these distinct parts of your cycle. It's basically mm-hmm. just don't have sex. Yeah. And you won't get pregnant. Right. Use a condom. That's it. Like it's, that's it. <laughs> it's crazy. And I, I have found since kind of tracking my cycle more, I do see the ebbs and flows and I'm more able to not, I'm able to not beat myself up as much. Like as I get closer to my period and I literally don't want to go do anything. It's like, it's okay. Like you can chill and it makes more sense. But Mm -hmm. I guess for our listeners who may not know about the Mm -hmm. distinct parts of the cycle, can you talk about that and just workouts and how you navigate that? Yeah. So I am by no means a hormonal expert. So this is all pretty much self-learned doing my own court, like, courses on it things like that and just like experiencing it myself and then with other people like other women um but basically we have four cycles um or four cycles four phases of the cycle so the first one is our follicular follicular phase um and that's right after we've had our period granted there's no like first through fourth because it's a circle but that's an easy one to start with and so that's one where we've just had our period, so our hormone levels are a little bit more balanced. Um, 
estrogen starting to rise again. And this is like our yang hormone. Mm -hmm. So this is the hormone for like doing things and starting the tasks, like all the projects, Mm -hmm. the things Mm -hmm. that you wouldn't necessarily have the energy for a few days ago. Mm -hmm. And so for movement wise, like this is when you can do the hit classes, the cardio, maybe like work out however many times, like up whatever you're used to try the new things. Like that's when your brain is primed for that. Yeah. And this lasts for the first chunk. Mm -hmm. And then your ovulatory phase lasts for like three to five days. And that's still high energy, but I read that I read, I don't know where I read this. It's like your egg wisdom. You like are really glowing. I don't know where I read that. I like it though. But like that really stuck with me because it's like when you should be, that's when you communicate the best. Um, With like, you know, you want to negotiate a raise, like that is a really good time to do it. You want to have that hard talk with a friend or a partner, like that's a really good time to do it. Mm -hmm. And then you go into your luteal phase, which is the longest of the two. So it's kind of about two weeks. So that first week-ish, you're still potentially having a lot of high energies, but maybe moving into more like strength-based things. Um, Starting to kind of focus on the details of the whatever project you started on, uh, honing in on just like doing the work to get Mm -hmm. things done. Mm -hmm. That's also when you'll start not wanting to go out as much, you'll feel. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people say that that's like your nesting time, like to do the house chores Mm -hmm. and do whatever it is that you wanted to do to kind of get yourself prepped. Mm -hmm. And then that last week, you'll start to feel a serious dip in energy, but not like in a bad way. I think we associate not having energy as like chronic fatigue but it's Mm -hmm. like it's different Mm -hmm. it's being more nurtured by just being in your space Mm -hmm. maybe that means alone maybe that means just like in your house Mm -hmm. um and doing more like yoga and pilates and things that are lower impact are really great and then you have your period and during that time it depends for people sometimes they have a huge energy spike and can start to go back to the things they were doing in their Mm -hmm. follicular phase. And sometimes a nap is Mm going to be your activity. Right. So I think understanding that for me personally was so reassuring. Yes. Because I was like, I want to take a nap today and skip my like class. Uh Mm Is that okay? Yes. (laughs) And then I would look and see and I'd be like, oh, I'm about to get my period. Like that's a hundred percent okay. No, I totally agree. I feel like I definitely get that huge dip in energy. And it's one of those things where you're like, is something wrong? Like, Mm -hmm. this has been a few days. I've been sleeping fine. I've been eating well. I've been doing all the right things. And to your point, having a little bit more knowledge, I'm like, okay, it's fine. Like, it's just natural. And I know, Beck, too, we've talked about this because we talk about hormones a lot on here. But you've experienced the same thing, too, right? Oh, yeah. I'm experiencing it today. I literally canceled my yoga class for after this. I was like, nope. And then I looked at my period app and I was like, oh, it's coming on Friday. Cool. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like it's all coming together. But it's it's true that, you know, growing up, it's we were told, at least I was, it's like, OK, you have your period and then you don't. And when you have your period, you might have PMS symptoms, you might have cramps, you might feel sick, but power through it. Um, You're a silly girl if you give in to it. And like all of these things where like Mm -hmm. people don't realize or like people aren't taught that your body is going through a really big shift. And I mean, it just it's crazy. Like if you actually look at the science of it and how your hormones um, differentiate at different times of the month, like you were talking about, it's insanity. Like the human body is so amazing. It's it wild. really is. It really is wild. Especially the female human body. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Men run on a 24-hour cycle. And that's why they yeah. can do the same shit all the time yeah. and be fine. And mm-hmm. not sleep as much. And not sleep as much. I truly, this is just my, like general friend study but like all of our husbands I feel like can operate on like 
six hours of sleep oh, yeah. and Dan's totally fine. Yeah. Totally. yeah. yeah. I'm a zombie. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm like nine hours and I'm good. I yeah. Know. Yeah. Same. Seriously. Same. Yeah. I've like started getting inquiries for clients that like want to do really early in the morning at like 5 a.m. Oh. And I'm like, you know, I might have to throw up a boundary with that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it's going to be good for you. Right. If I'm there. <laughs> for sure. But people, I mean, I've never really experienced this until I moved to Boston of how, like, hardcore people are. Can we just talk about that for a second? Totally. That so could, hardcore. Yeah. I feel like. Because you you did not grow up here, right? I grew up in D.C., okay. but, like, that's, like, south yes. enough yes. to be not the northeast, it's I guess. like a, a very <laughs> masculine energy yes. at all times, and I need to come to your classes because <laughs> I know that it won't be, but, like, most fitness classes that I, I go know. to, and I really enjoy the workout, but just the energy. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I'm looking around just, like, can I make eye contact with anyone? <laughs> like, is anyone going to crack a smile? If I like, throw them a nice, like, yeah. smile, I don't know. Are they going to, like, not be about it? intense. Yeah. And yeah. I I don't know how people operate at that level at yeah. all times. Well, I mean, people are up earlier here. Like, even from San Diego, you it would be hard to find, I feel like, a workout class that starts before 6 a.m. Yes. Mm-hmm. There's, like, workout classes at 5 a.m. I know. <laughs> Like, I'm just like, how do people do it? Yeah. And I teach uh, a recovery and yoga at a boxing gym here, Everybody Fights. And um, I like, I love that they do that. Mm -hmm. But even like the energy sometimes in classes, it's super competitive. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think they're one of the more open gyms that like is, doesn't make a newcomer feel like they're going to get yelled at. Right. But... Even competition with just, like, their cell, themselves. <laughs> I'm just like, whoa. whoa. This is yeah. intense. Yes. Yeah, for sure. And, like, my eyes have been opened moving to L.A. Because oh, when I'm I reach my sure. Pilates class, it's, like, social hour. Everyone's, like, so excited <laughs> to be there. Everyone's talking to each other. Everyone's, like, pumping each other up throughout the workout class. It's amazing. And yeah. so... Thinking back, I'm like, I was one of those people that for six months straight, like, went to Barry's at 6 a.m. every day, was so hardcore, and, like, I got so burnt out, and, like, I know that it affected my health negatively, so I don't know how people continue to do that and don't, you know, just suddenly crash and burn, (laughs) because I know I did. (laughs) Yeah, and I think that's one thing I also wanted to talk to you about, because I know you do such a good job on Instagram and on your blog, but just talking about recovery Mm. and the importance of recovery. Oh yeah. And there's a place in Boston you can go to get stretched out that I never knew before talking to you. So can we talk about that? Oh man. I am like the self-proclaimed recovery queen. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Almost like I err more on like too maybe too much recovery. Like I probably should absorb <laughs> some of this like masculine Boston energy a little bit. Um, but no. So bodies are not um, on nonstop. They can't just be on the go all the time. So kind of like back to what you were saying, going to berries at six a.m. every day. You know, consistently can be fine, but you need a break. Even people that are doing, you know, powerlifting. I'm not a powerlifting expert, but, like, at some point, there's only going to be so much more that you can lift before you need to, like, maybe scale back and Mm -hmm. deload. Mm -hmm. Um, They call them deload weeks where you just kind of take it easy. Mm -hmm. Um, So especially seeing the population – here where there's like a lot of marathon runners Mm -hmm. where the training is super intense like they gotta train so i'm not saying that you stop training but Mm -hmm. i'm saying looking at how you're doing it so where are your long for so i'm using running as an example where are your long runs where are the runs where they're a little bit shorter Mm -hmm. where can you fit in 
yoga and mm-hmm. stretching and cross training. I think people go so hard at one thing that recovery is also like varying your movement and taking the rest that you need and knowing that like unless you are a professional athlete right where mm-hmm. your job and your money is on the line and you gotta right push yourself like you can afford to take a day off. Right. <laughs> and maybe that just means like doing a lower impact workout. Mm-hmm. I think people think it has to be this all or nothing, mm-hmm. like not working out or working out. Mm-hmm. You can like find a medium with that. Even yeah. people that aren't really active, like doing a walk, like that's still movement. Mm-hmm. And I, and yeah, in Boston, there's this place called Body Squad, shout out Body Squad, and they (laughs) do um, infrared sauna stretching and have been around for like a while. And I like just found them. Yeah. And I was like, this is I had never heard of it. They have Normatech there. Ooh. Like all the things. So, but I love that recovery is becoming quote unquote trendy because Mm -hmm. that's what, at least especially Boston needs that and I think that's why I was pushing so hard for recovery and like restorative classes because it's just important to have this awareness that those are just as important in people's progress Mm -hmm. as the movement itself Mm -hmm. and if you think about the one hour a day that you're maybe doing some sort of physical activity, you're still living 23 hours of that day. So like, how are you living those? If you are starting your day with a really high intensity workout and you have a really high stress job Mm -hmm. and you're a parent, so you come home and you have to take care of your kids, Mm -hmm. when when is your system going to be able to turn off? Mm -hmm. It's not. And then it's going to shut down at some point. Right. So... I am just like such a strong proponent of it, especially for women and all of the things that, you know, not that men don't have to do Mm -hmm. stuff, but like just how our bodies are. Yeah. I mean, I, I see so many people, women that take these classes, same class every day, all month long. I bet if I asked them how they felt in one class versus how they felt in the other, like it's not going to be the same. Yeah. So, you know, everyone's body and journey and path is different. I'm not ever trying to push anything on you, but I really encourage people to just take a step back and look at what's serving them physically and Mm -hmm. also like mentally and emotionally Mm -hmm. and then do more of that. Yeah. And that's it. Right. And not because I think it's so easy to... To your point, first of all, most of us are not getting paid to work out. It's not (laughs) our life. It's not our job. Like, this isn't what's on the line. And I think sometimes these classes or just general, you know, fitness speak, it can really become a guilt cycle when you miss a class Mm -hmm. or, I don't know, I'm seeing a lot for... January and the mm-hmm. new year about late cancels and mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah. And I think, yes, you probably don't want to completely skip out on your obligations all the time. If you're committing to something, mm-hmm. follow through. But I also think there is so much value in learning to listen to your body. And mm-hmm. if you do need to cancel because you're just feeling off or you're feeling tight or you're feeling like you're on the borderline of hurting yourself mm-hmm. like then yes you should listen to your body or maybe you have your period and you're like it's not happening today and mm-hmm. just kind of removing guilt from something that really should be a highlight and something that like nurtures our day mm-hmm. and not this intense yeah thing that you need to check off yeah you know? yeah and I also find that a lot of people that I've worked with were at some point competitive athletes. Mm -hmm. And so I think speaking for myself included, when you go into, you know, quote unquote real life and you're not doing sports anymore, it's hard to find that camaraderie, the team, like Mm 
Right. The pushing, which I think is really great. Mm -hmm. But I almost wish as a competitive athlete before, we were also taught how to nurture our body. Yes. So, you know, I I do, I get both sides. But Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it's really that step back. Yeah. Like... Not that you need any validation for skipping a class, but it's like, right. what if you've gone to like 50 classes right. in a row already? Like right. you can skip. Yeah. Right. Or right. even if you've only gone to one yesterday, if yeah. you're not feeling okay, like right. don't go. Right. Or do something else. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I've also, I recently um, went to a workout class and uh, halfway through, I was like, nope, this is not working for me. Like, I do not feel good. So I left. And as I was walking out, like I was, as I was like, kind of like going through this in my head um, and I was about to walk out, I was like, no, I can't walk out in the middle of class. It's so rude. I can't believe I'm doing this. And then I was like, you know what? No, like I am not serving myself by being here. The instructor will understand, like, she has all these other people here. It's fine. So I walked out, and afterwards I was like, wow. I would, like, a year ago, two years ago, I would have never done that. I would have pushed through and killed myself. But now I'm like, you know what? F it. Like, I'm not feeling it, so I'm leaving. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, like, would I would never judge someone for walking out. You know what I mean? So I think it's, like the pressure we put on ourselves. And also too, I think I am so guilty of thinking like everyone is caring exactly what I'm doing. And you kind of just realize uh, maybe he's getting older. I don't know, but like people are more, are focused on themselves yeah. and like their class and, and what they're working towards. So yeah. good for you, Beck. Yeah. I love that. It's, it's <laughs> I very same, empowering. Yeah. I did the same thing for the first time, actually a few weeks ago. Um, I never leave yoga classes early, like ever. Yeah. And I was just feeling so frazzled and so like irritated by Mm -hmm. everything around me. (laughs) (laughs) And I, I left and it's definitely like this feeling of, the teacher thinks I'm an asshole now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, though, I looked back and I was like, if they think that, then they're not also being open-minded. Right. I always like to, like, stay to give the be- people the benefit of the doubt, like, especially in Boston traffic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about giving people the benefit yeah. of the doubt, this is like a tangent, but... If someone is cutting you off or whatever, mm-hmm. I always just think in my head... They just have to go to the bathroom really bad. <laughs> and I've, I've been there and I get it. Yes. I get it. I love and, that. I love that. I'm going to try to implement that because I haven't gotten that far yet. But no, it's but yeah. true. Yeah. 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 So just all the things to like. To spin it. To spin it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Just got to do you. Just fill yourself and... <laughs> follow your instinct that's what it comes out to like ripping off like I don't even know like you having like a sweatshirt on ripping it off I'm done with this I'm done that's my mental imagery totally that's exactly what it was I slammed down the weights I was like not today you just dropped the weights and walked away I did wipe down my machine before I left I'm not a savage (laughs) (laughs) yeah I mean I think all this like there's so much that can be done to improve ourselves right and at the end of the day like I'm bringing back this term but YOLO literally yes not take things too seriously yes like you know I think that's something that I also had to be really always keeping in the back of my mind was like, don't be so serious about it. Like, have mm-hmm. fun with it. Mm-hmm. Everything. Wellness, health, you know, the fluidity of things, leaving my job. Like, yeah. it's going to be okay. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. everything's going to be okay. Yeah. And regardless like there's gonna be a more fun experience down the road Mm -hmm. so whatever we're going through in this exact moment like 
is just a moment. Mm-hmm. It's not how you're going to feel forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Someone really, I think it might have been like one of my yoga mentors, and he likes to argue that the present moment doesn't exist because as you speak the present moment, you're already in the future. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? That is meta for me. Yeah. But like, it's kind of true. Yeah. It kind of is yeah. true. Like yeah. all these things with like workouts and things, like at the end of the day. Right. You just want to live your life. Right. You know? And I think for me, like, it's important to me because it personally fulfills me. But at the same time, I don't want to be, like, remembered for the girl who, like, went to a ton of workout classes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I want to have a bigger impact. Yeah. Than that. So yeah. Like it obviously benefits you. But the same thing for a lot of wellness practices. Um they benefit you. They're really good for you, but there's like so much more yeah. to our whole yeah. existence. And I think also too, like looking into the wellness field and like what it does for us physically, it's also about like fostering a community because mm-hmm. having like social support is part of wellness too. So mm-hmm. for me, that's been a really big passion of mine is like, how can I make this more inclusive? Mm-hmm. How can I use more inclusive and accessible languaging in my classes? Mm-hmm. That's just something that I really resonate with. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, is that seen in other classes? It doesn't have to be, but like, I really want that. Yeah. Because I think with wellness, it's really easy to get up, caught up in the fads and the workouts and the diets and things and the spirituality. Right. But it's also community and sharing and... Mm-hmm. Being in an experience together, I think, is a really important yeah. piece that I think often is, you know, tooted, but yeah, is not actually, like, present in a lot of areas right. that I've seen. Right. So I think this, things like this yeah. and, like, building community and right. making each other feel like we're not alone also yeah. in all these processes is yeah. so valuable. Yeah. And I feel like we talk about it so much, but just, like, genuine human connection mm-hmm. isn't, like, it's just not as frequent now, I think, in the world mm-hmm. we live in, and you have to make an effort, mm-hmm. and you just do. And I think that is an interesting line, especially in wellness, where it's like, do what serves you. And I think, for me, I am not always feeling like, yeah, let's go to this place and do this thing. It's like, I'd rather just stay home, but <laughs> me, me, me. But I always <laughs> find when I put myself in that situation, when I do make that connection, when I'm actually talking to a human, I am so happy that I did that. Mm-hmm. So I think that's an interesting element of it too. Yeah. It's like all, it's, it's all kind of connected in a weird yeah. way. Yeah. And I think too, it's, it's, the authenticity with others and the same thing, authenticity with yourself. So, like, really owning your boundary but but being aware of, like, who is your action serving? And if it's mm-hmm. serving you so that you can serve, mm-hmm. I think that's valid. Like, if you yeah. want to stay home yeah, one day so that you can go and do something the next, great. Mm-hmm. But if you're really being called to do something and you've committed to it, and you know that you're going to really have a good time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's the choices that we right. get. But it but it is like yeah, it's it's a tough balance. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's a great note to end on. I can't believe how the time has gone by. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm so glad that we were able to chat. Yeah. Uh, Where can everyone listening find you? And yeah. What's coming up for you? Yeah. So um, I'm on Instagram with a majority of my content at Dr. Jess Moy underscore wellness. Um, I have a blog that I'm actually going to be contributing to a lot more this year. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to tap in a little bit more to create my creative outlet. Um, and then... In 2020, I'm really hoping to 
really honor the in-person value of my work, but also have it have that accessibility piece of bringing it online. Mm. So um, I'm going to hopefully be launching my YouTube channel for people to do, uh, you know, wellness things with me. Um, and then maybe even like a subscription at the end of the year type deal. Ooh, yeah. So, I know. So, um, uh, all the creative things yeah. and all of my events, workshops, pop-ups, all those things are on my website, uh, jessicamoy.co. Cool. Yeah. And as always, you can find us at Detox and Chill Podcast on Instagram. Send us an email. Join our secret Facebook group. We have really great conversations in there. Would love to see you there. Um, did I miss anything? I think that's all the places you can find us. Yeah, um, I think that's it. Yeah, so we hope you guys enjoyed. Um, and we will talk to you in a couple weeks. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.